Welcome to Tech Talk with Optimal RX. My name is Kristen Gilmore. I'm here with Julianne Grant, and we are ready to talk herbal medicine. Kristen and I are both practicing naturopaths with 25 years' experience between us. As big herb nerds, we are excited to explore all things phytotherapy and health with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our Tech Talk podcast. Julianne and I really wanted to have a chat today about something that we feel is incredibly important to identify and discuss during our current situation with the pandemic that we're all facing. And that is, we wanted to talk about the psychological pressure and the stress that is happening alongside the viral pandemic. So the mental health and the mental well-being fallout from the pandemic that some are calling the silent pandemic. And we definitely don't want to be silent about this. We do want to talk about it. And although all members of, of our community are undoubtedly facing this increased psychological pressure and this increased stress, in particular, our paediatric population, so our kids, are facing tremendously difficult times. They're isolated from their peers, their extended family, they're having to deal with remote learning if they're school-aged, their routines are interrupted, they're having structured activities like sport put on hold. So that is a lot to adapt to for our little ones. And to add to that, children are being exposed to large amounts of information and often quite heavy information, as well as sometimes high levels of stress and anxiety, which can often be transmitted through surrounding adults. And we know from both the research and we see it in our lives that kids do pick up on our moods and on our stress. So the research is also beginning to show some of the impact from the pandemic on the lifestyle habits of school-aged children, in particular school-aged. And that includes Uh, detrimental changes to eating, to sleeping, exercise, social habits, and of course, an increase in screen time, which has been, I think, probably life-saving for some parents. But what the researchers are emphasizing is that this interaction between lifestyle changes and psychosocial stress that's caused by home confinement and some parental behaviors may have negative effects on children's physical and mental health. So what we wanted to do today is to talk about how we can focus on nourishing our kids during a pandemic. And Julianne, I'd love for you to start and discuss a little bit your experience with these issues, seeing as you have an adorable almost four-year-old, as well as a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old navigating all of this. All of whom are adorable. (laughs) They're all adorable. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Kristen. This is a really, really important topic and One I'm having conversations with on a weekly basis with really close friends um, that have particularly primary school aged kids, actually. Uh, That's that's my circle of friends and and family, I suppose. And then I'm having different conversations with obviously with my partner around the teenagers that are in our lives um, and also with my my, uh, brother and extended family that also have teenagers. And you know what? Actually talking about it is a good thing. Yeah. There are times with, with the adults, there are times when um, we definitely need a break <laughs> from talking about the impact of this pandemic. And, and it's more the impact of what the pandemic has brought with it. So that's the lockdowns. You know, if we just want to sum it up, that's what it is. It's the, the no schooling and the lockdowns that um, has caused havoc for our poor little kids. And, you know, I think last year we were wary of the impact on, on kids, particularly teenagers, but this year we're really, really seeing it in our youngest, you know. Um, I know for my four, almost four-year-old, she's not really impacted greatly because she still has her mum and dad. She still has her sister and brother. She's not necessarily seeing her grandparents, but we are talking to them regularly. Uh, the only impact to her life is child um, childcare closures and things along the lines of that. Um, and I guess as adults, we just step in and become the childcare centre uh, and try and make up things that are enjoyable for her. So she's at a, probably a really comfortable age to still be a little bit protected from it. But with the older kids, they, and they're both very different kids as well, they're impacted in different ways. And particularly for our eldest, he's a super social kid. He's very intelligent. Um, and just online learning is hard. It's hard for, for kids that learn that way. It's hard not to be social and have actual physical interactions. And we're talking teenagers that are trying to work out their 
boundaries and who they are in a social environment, right? How they interact with their peers, how they interact with teachers and authority, so to speak. Um, so and their brain is geared for that. That's the that's that limbic system yeah. hyperactivity. They're supposed to have that greater peer affiliation so that they can take those risks and and move towards, you know, forging their own way in the world. Yeah, so it's exactly right. So their brains are doing their own things anyway, and we're just throwing them into a, a really unnatural environment to kind of try to adapt and and develop that side of their brain. So it's been hard, particularly for our oldest, I must admit, and that's someone we're always looking out for. And I think the hardest part is to try and work out ways to maintain their happiness, to maintain their joy um, that often comes from not just being well physically and within yourself, but that often comes from somewhere how of them working on their own independence, you know, and having their own social interactions. So managing that has probably been the challenge, I think, on our end and for my my family. And it's been really good talking to, uh, like my, like I said, my brother and what have you that that have kids that are about a year older than ours. So to talk to them how they're catching up with their friends on an individual basis. You know, they'll walk the dog and catch up with a primary school age friend that lives local just to to catch up and have some sort of social interaction. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a very challenging time but I'm you know I know I'm not alone that's for sure and and reaching out to friends that are in similar similar positions has been kind of how do I explain it like kind of um solidifying as a naturopath you know as it kind of puts you in a place and a position to really help and I'm so grateful for that I'm so grateful for the knowledge that we learned through school and for our ongoing education you know what we're what we're continually learning particularly around herbal medicine etc because as naturopaths and herbalists, we are so well-placed to support all pillars of health, you know, and this is, yes, we, this is a herbal medicine talk and we will talk about herbs because they play such a beautiful role here. But, you know, we can support all pillars of health. So in regards to nutrition and diet, we can manage things like blood sugar levels or anything that might contribute to a heightened anxiety or nervous state right, or, or get them out of their body a little bit. We can encourage exercise and movement and being outdoors. Um, so many things like this that we're really well-placed to help our patients and family members with. Yeah. So that's something that I'm really passionate about, particularly with our kids and, you know, making sure there's enough food around, making sure there's good food around. <laughs> got teenagers so go to the cupboard like it's right in the front of the cupboard so they can see the food right there or right in the front of the fridge because that is something they forget to eat you know so it's the basic things like this of supporting supporting that nutritional level for these kids is one thing I'm quite passionate about I've always appreciated that about you Julianne you've (laughs) always been one to provide amazing quality food for whoever is around you and can benefit (laughs) so that's so true and I totally agree and I I really do also I'm very grateful and I really value all of this uh, knowledge and wisdom that we've that's been passed down to us that we can pass on to those around us and I totally agree and I think those those really strong pillars of of sleep and um and sunshine and you know it's a beautiful sunny day today and in Victoria, I should say we are in Victoria, which is probably why we've had a lot more of this, uh, I guess, these restrictions in place for quite a while. Um, We've had, you know, more of our friends and family uh, dealing with this for longer and and more patients come into the clinic that we have to address this with probably than some of the other states in Australia and, and potentially around the world. So it is something that we have been thinking about and we have been trying to implement these things. So it's just, it's so good that our profession can play such a huge role to support the community in this way. Yeah, and I think, 
you know, repeating that term pillars of health, but we have so many things in our tool belts as naturopaths. You know, we have herbal medicine, we have nutrition, we have dietary advice and we have lifestyle advice, but what also fits into that tool belt is referral. So, you know, we can talk to these people about, hey, I think you should go and see this amazing counsellor or I think you should go and see um, this outdoor program or this, this guy that's running some online outdoor programs. We're kind of across all of that in regards to what, what stands up the health of these kids Um And it has been a really challenging time, I know, to get teenagers outside and to get them outside and doing things. So sometimes when the voice doesn't come from the parent, it's a louder voice. And I think that's kind of something that as an naturopath I embrace as well. Get little notes back from little primary school kids that we've done herbs and essences for to get through this time. They're going like, I want to take my jewels mix. You know, for breakfast, I'll have my jewels mix and an egg. And that's what I quote, which is so beautiful because they feel they feel the impact of natural medicine and how much that helps them. And I think as herbalists, so naturopaths and herbalists, our herbs are so wonderful at nourishing nervous systems, response to stress, supporting immune activity that, you know, and we can do that quickly with herbal medicines as well. So I think... I'd actually love to talk to you now, Kristen, about specific herbs, because in all honesty, I could talk forever about the impact of these lockdowns and the restrictions that they've imposed on our kids. But I want to kind of turn to some solutions. You know, I want to kind of focus on some solutions and perhaps some case studies and how we're we're working. So I do know that you've actually seen a few kids through this time, through this pandemic, over 18 months, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about the herbs that you're using and why you're using those particular herbs? Yeah, totally. I really, I really, I'm loving the way that you're presenting this, Julianne, because I just, I do find that having these, this positive solution focused approach means that it, it doesn't seem hopeless. It seems like there's things, there are things to look forward to. There's improvements to be made. We can use, we can turn problems into opportunities. And I love like the same way that you said with the herbal medicines, you know, when it's, when it is hard to sometimes implement lifestyle changes or, or, you know, different dietary things that we know could make a huge impact and be really important. Sometimes I think when it's, when it's a really difficult time, the motivation to do these things can be hard to find. And I think think with herbs and and our essences like you said julianne and homeopathics and some supplements sometimes it can it can alter the brain chemistry and and facilitate positive emotions and balance responses so we can better encourage those pillars of health so i really am loving and just cherishing my herbs at the moment and i'm using a lot of classic herbs that i think a lot of practitioners are reaching for chamomile is herbal medicine that I'm going through quite a lot of and I will actually say that I think that it's been amazing timing for for us as practitioners that Optimal RX has been able to bring out some of these as glissy tracks so I think particularly something that I always used to like to do when I was face-to-face seeing patients in clinic is if I was making a herbal mix-up for a child I would get them involved in making it up. I would talk to them about what I was doing and how it was specifically for them and they might taste it in clinic. And I found that really helped with compliance and, you know, it it was really beneficial, but because we're doing remote consults and telehealth, I haven't been able to do that. And so to have something that's very effective, but also tastes very, very good has been a big impact. So most of my mixes will have a combination of glissy tracks and hydroethanolics for children just for that taste compliance and especially if I want them to be on something a little bit more long term it can really you know increase that and then you end up getting more notes about wanting to have <laughs> those herbs <laughs> an egg for breakfast or or whatever yeah I love that little quote that I got from that little patient yeah mm. I love what they call their mixes too sometimes <laughs> it's a, a magic mix or a um, Happy mix. That's happy one. Of them. <laughs> yes, happy herbs. Um, you know, I had another little boy the other day that says he wants to take his super his super potion that makes him super. So you know, they really do um, bond with their mix, and they you know they know they can they know how it makes them feel, and they know how good it is for them once they start taking it. So chamomile is a beautiful 
uh, Nervine relaxant. We use it with our kids. I think most practitioners think of it as an archetypal children's remedy. And I particularly love it when there's some inflammation, irritation or spasm in the gastrointestinal tract in particular. And we know with, with children, worry often does sit in the stomach. It sits in the gut. And this is in general, but you do see more children that, uh, you know, if they have a tummy ache, perhaps sometimes there's an emotional component or, or a stress component. And I think that chamomile is just perfect for these kids and it, it sort of restores peacefulness and calmness, but it's very gentle. So it's not that it's, it's not that it's mild in its effect. It's just that it, it sort of really beautifully balances out the kids. And I remember reading something really beautiful that I think of often when I'm prescribing chamomile and that's that it can help restore sweetness to the soul and improve self-esteem. So I think that's a really nice way to think of it. And a lot of children I'm finding can really benefit from those effects. And, and particularly children, I think, that do need a lot of comfort. So where there's irritability, but, but they want to be comforted, they might be a little bit agitated or you know, irritable or a bit whiny. I think we've used chamomile for whiny babies in air quotes for a long time. Um, and, and I just find it's really good. And it is available in a glissy tract and it tastes beautiful. And, and also sometimes I think with herbal medicines, I do tap into that homeopathic picture sometimes, uh, the equivalent of the homeopathic remedy. So with chamomile, that red-cheeked uh, appearance, but it's often one cheek that's red. And, you know, you think of chamomile for teething as well, and they get that red hot cheek. So if you see that presentation, obviously chamomile is beautiful. But then if you get a flushed kid, you know, that's quite angry and, and quite agitated, um, and sometimes they have angry outbursts, I would actually more often think of vervain or verbena. Mm -hmm. So I'm using a lot of those kind of nerveines. Lemon balm is a herb that I'm going through bucket loads of because I just think it fits beautifully across the younger kids and the older kids the adolescents um, I'm using it in a lot of girls that are going through puberty and and having you know their first periods and issues with PMS for the first time and I think lemon balm is beautiful for those for those girls and the way that we've always described lemon balm Julianne we talk about this a lot is that it it lifts the mood while calming the mind and it's, it is, you know, it does improve cognition. So it, it has an affinity for binding for cholinergic receptors, um, but it also um, calms that mind. So it improves cognition, but it keeps calm and it, it really does bring joy and, and lifts the mood in a, in a beautiful way. So I, I really think of lemon balm as being perfect for kids that maybe feel a bit sad and anxious. Perhaps they have butterflies in their stomach or they have some sort of anticipatory anxiety about something that's coming up and they think it's going to go terribly or you know I've had kids say oh you know I can feel my heart beating or my heart's beating really fast and I'm and I'm nervous and I often think of lemon balm and it's another great one that you know has a beautiful impact for nervous digestive complaints because it is a traditional digestive as well so you know, mood and sleep, it's its beautiful. And another one that's available in a glissy tract. So, And pairs beautifully with chamomile for those sort of gut anxious kids, you know. And just back on chamomile, I want to reiterate what you stated about it. I think it's often thought of as being a mildly acting phytomedicine, which is why we give it to children. But at the same time, it's profound. You know, even if you're giving little ones chamomile tea with a bit of honey to sip on throughout the day, like it's actually profound um, as, a, as a phytomedicine for that nervous system gut kind of picture. And it's beautiful. And yeah, pair that with some lemon balm in those more heightened states. I think it's amazing. Mm. I, I agree. And I think another herb that falls into that category sometimes is lavender where people think it's a bit mild or it's a bit, you know, for old ladies or something like that. And it's not, it's not going to have a great effect, but I find lavender for kids just to be amazing. I think when there's, when there's anxiety and sometimes there might be insomnia because of the anxiety, but there's restlessness. I always think of lavender for that restlessness or agitation where, uh, you know, there's that feeling either 
they need to constantly move uh, or they feel like they can't calm their mind down. It's just that real restless sort of energy. It could be a combination of those two things, but I think lavender is really beautiful for those two. And you've got that olfactory benefit with lavender as well, where, you know, by inhaling the aroma, because the volatile oils pass through that olfactory nerve directly into the cerebrum, it can be just so instantly effective and it can bring a real sense of calm quite quickly to somebody that's that's quite restless or quite agitated. I think if there's, I do think of it having a bit of an affinity for the head area as well as the gut and the female reproductive area again. I think that's another herbal medicine that I'm often using in my teenage girls uh, with where there's pain. They might get a bit of pain uh, because it is spasmolytic and a bit analgesic as well. So if they get headaches and pain, lavender can be really beautiful and it it's gentle but it's effective. That's super effective. I think it's um, an awesome one to have during the day. We often think about it for sleep. You know, it's often thought about for sleep. Um, but this is the wonderful thing with herbal medicine is we don't have those medicinal sedatives, right? They just knock you out. They're just going to, they're just going to downregulate that hyper excitability. And lavender is amazing for that. And the reason why it's so good for sleep is because it does quieten down the mind and it does take the edge off that hyperactivity like you were talking about. And it does smell amazing. And I just want to put in my two bobs worth here, Kristen, on something that I think kids adapt really well and embrace really well, actually, particularly young kids is that if you can set up a routine around them taking their herbal medicine, whether it's morning and afternoon, which is a good time sort of around that start of school, end of school kind of times, to actually have a routine and a... Um, Are you thinking like a, a, not a practice, but like a... Like a practice. That's nice. Yeah. So before they take it, you know, they had, they might smell it and some kids may not like it, but it will start moving that straight away. It'll, the, the physiological impact of that will work straight away. And once they've taken their herbs is just to close their eyes and take two deep breaths where their parent might count to four or five and then exhale for four or five. And that just sets them off. High five the kid after that and we're on with our day. You know, like congratulations for taking this amazing herb and for empowering yourself to feel good through the day. So it's sort of, I think that's why kids often term them magic herb or Jules's herbs or, you know, happy herbs or something because they come with this whole routine. They come with a whole thing that sets their day off. And I, that's just my two bobs worth. And because I've noticed a difference with that, with once I've started implementing that with, with the kids I know and my patients, it just seems to really help them through this time. I totally agree. And I think that that deep breathing within itself, along with the inhaling of the aroma and the taking of the mix all combined with the, the parent they're supporting them or, you know, their sibling they're supporting them is a beautiful, beautiful picture that they end up, you know, they, they can't wait for it. You know, they can't wait for it mm-hmm. where it's the first dose or the second dose, or if it's a one dose a day herb, mm-hmm. it's just, it's a really beautiful routine to establish that. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because what we're in is disempowering. You know, if we can, I'm probably going down an esoteric level, but what we're in and what we're living in at the moment is a disempowering kind of environment in a way. So mm-hmm. we, I even know as adults and our kids would be, unconsciously thinking about this is how do I empower my day? How do I find something in my day that makes me feel better, that I can control? And having their routine and taking something that's going to help them feel better is empowering, you know? And and that's how I like to kind of talk to the kids about that. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. And that self-efficacy really helps and carries over to other areas of their day and their activities as well. And I think that we can't underestimate the effect of simple things like deep breathing and even um, and physical touch as well. I think that's something that has been lost a lot with the restrictions and, you know, perhaps the person that you received your physical touch from might maybe wasn't as, uh, isn't as available to you at the moment. So you know, making sure that we, we're all, you know, where we have access, we are hugging each other and we're looking after each other in the safe ways and the best ways that we can because that's huge as well. And I think, Julianne, that's, <laughs> that's 
touched you a little bit, has it? <laughs> Sorry, taking deep breaths. <laughs> I should go take a swig. Take of my herbs. Don't yeah. take. <laughs> hey, hey, if it's medicinal, it's fine. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think we should always have our herbs with us when we're doing these podcasts because we always end up needing them. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's a big topic, isn't it? It's a big topic. Yeah. It's huge. And these nervines are just, there's so many to choose from in it. And it is about, I guess, matching it to the picture. But mm-hmm. but passion flower, which again is another herbalist sort of standby. It's it's a great, beautiful herbal medicine. It's a it's mildly sedating. It's a nervine tonic, a nervine relaxant. And it's just a favorite with herbalists for, oh, for yeah. good reason. And I've been going through so much passion flower because even for adults, because we know that it's really quite particularly useful for these burnt out, depressed caregivers. So, you know, we've there's a lot of those <laughs> currently that we're seeing and the better we can support them, mm. you know, the better that everyone will be because they're the ones that are the caregivers. Mm. And I think with Passionflower or Passiflora incarnata, I should be saying the Latin names of these, but it works so well for states of nervous tension and anxiety that I'm often using it when I'm using it in children for those who are physically tense. You know, they actually tense up when they're stressed. You can you can see them physically sort of tense and, or go into a bit of a, a ball state um, and perhaps they're not sleeping well because they're quite wound up. Uh, I'm often using it for those kids or kids that you can, even as a child, you can see, oh, they're really burnt out. You know, they, they used to be, they used to be so uh, amongst it with the family. They used to be so involved and now they just, they don't seem to have the spark that they, that they had. You can give passion flower and it really does shift that burnout. Um, often when I'm thinking, oh, I need to give magnesium as a supplement for this case, I'll think I need to give passion flower as a herbal extract. Nice tip. Good one. What about oats, Kristen? Oats green or oats seed? I do like oats. I tend to give it as a simple. What about you, Julianne? Well, I think for some of the kids' mix, I've actually popped it in and it's because of that nutritive component, so that hug to the nervous system but the nutritive component because, like I was mentioning at the start, some of the, um, I guess, nutritional needs of the kids are, are concerning at times because of, the, you know, they're in front of a screen all the time and they're just sort of going to what helps them feel good. Um, and parents are busy, you know, it's a hard time because we're juggling work with the homeschooling, et cetera. So I like oats for that sort of picture too. Like I just want to um, give a child some almost nutrition, but it's that nutritive edge, you know, as well as calming and, and grounding kind of edge to oats that I really like. It is really grounding. That's a good point. I think I probably, I do use oats a little bit. It is quite bitter, I guess. So I, I tend to go for nettle leaf or withania if I'm looking more if I really do want to sort of do that nutritive stuff but oats really is beautiful I should probably I should probably get it in the glycotrex right so that's that's the great thing at the moment is we can hide some of these not so great tasting for some little ones adults just tend to get by but we can hide it in the glycotrex you know here's a sugar syrup mate go for it (laughs) (laughs) I know I've certainly been doing that with vervain and vervain's quite bitter too yeah Yeah, all that beautiful gut stuff though you know, just exactly. Yeah. yeah. And if it's not available in a glissy track, doesn't matter. You can mix it up and, you know, combine it and get that perfect ratio of consistency and taste. Yeah. I think one other herb I really do want to mention though, because I am using a lot of it is skullcap. So Scutellaria latura flora. And I think we just, we love skullcap because it is that nerving tonic and it, and it calms those neuronal impulses. So I think as herbalists, we often think of seizures and migraines, but just for hypersensitive patients in general. So for children, I will often reach for skullcap when they're hyperreactive to things. So whether that's touch or taste or smell, or if they, they have physical reactions to food, um, you know, those that kind of allergic component, uh, or even when they just seem really frazzled or hyperactive. I really like Skullcap for those kids and it and it builds the nervous system. It really does seem to build and nourish. So I will often give it longer term to see more long-lasting effects. I really like it. Yeah, Skullcap is amazing for that kind of, um, I always think of it 
as I guess epilepsy in a way, but it, it, in my mind, it's sort of those flashy, hyper excitable kind of nervine endings that are, you know, it sensitivities to light or, or that's too loud or, you know, those sort of sensitivities as well to think about um, skull caps, amazing, you know, and, and look, we still get some of those beautiful qualities in bacal as well, bacal skull caps. So if you have a kid, particularly at this time, that's dealing with allergies and, and issues, don't forget, we're actually going to have some of those beautiful nervine qualities in bacal as well. So if kids are also, cause it's so windy here today in Victoria. Um, so some of those allergy symptoms are really flaring too. It doesn't help the nervous state of the kids that's a great point because if i think when you think of bacon you don't always remember the nervous system component and when you think of skull cap you don't always remember the allergic component so it's good to know that those actions do cross over and they're both quite effective mm-hmm. and I, I do think of skull cap when there's a rave going on yeah. <laughs> um or for you know auditory processing disorders and mm-hmm. things like that it can be really beneficial and, and actually, I've had a lot of uh, adolescent children that I've been seeing during this time that I found really, you know, I thought I'd be dealing a lot with cognition and with focus, and I am, but I think I'm more so dealing like with mood, which is what you were sort of talking about earlier, Julianne, with that joy and, you know, finding that motivation in your day and that that sort of sense of self and the things that you used to get from, you know, seeing your peers and and sort of finding your place in the world. And a herb that I'm using quite a lot of is holy basil. And we love holy basil. So oxygen and florum. And I've been using this so much with older kids because I really just love the effect that I'm seeing it have in teenagers. And it does reflect the research around holy basil because you know, it, it shows in the research that holy basil decreases generalized anxiety, it reduces feelings of stress and depression, and it increases mental clarity and focus. So it does sound like an amazing all-around, you know, brain and nervous system herb. It's mentally clarifying. But what we often talk about is that it facilitates a shift in perspective. So we like to say that it's it's great for those who feel like they can't see a light at the end of the tunnel, they can't see the positive side to what's going on or to life at the moment, holy basil actually works and it really does to restore hope and to restore optimism. When you have, you know, kids saying that it feels too hard or it's too much, you know, holy basil can really come in and just make these subtle shifts. And I think that I, you know, I just, perfect timing. Yesterday I had a patient that it was, a follow-up appointment for her and she's an older so she's a teenage patient and her outlook has just changed monumentally since we started on on herbs and holy basil is the major component in her herbal mix and so throughout the restrictions and and the isolation from her peers was a big one for her especially during 2020 and also uh, this year as well she presented to the clinic feeling very depressed, very unmotivated. Her language in describing things was very negative. And so we started her on herbs. And and at every appointment, I've noticed a shift, every one of her follow-up appointments. And when I was talking to her yesterday, it was like she was a different person. You know, she was so positive. She was telling me about these healthy goals that she was motivated to work towards. And she just listened to the latest press conference which wasn't necessarily good news she didn't feel very hopeful coming out of it but she her perspective was different she was like all right I'm going to use this time to do this and to you know I'm I've been taking my herbs and I feel good and this is what I want to do and and I just think holy basil is magic for that it really is and that's why we go through bottles of it in the clinic (laughs) because but we go through bottles of it no it's not just me Kristen it's not (laughs) It's not just me sculling it. It's um, because of the patients we see are people that have been, you know, sick for a long time. So it's that light at the end of the tunnel that you really want them to see to kind of give their mind that space to start planning for how do I get well, right? So even in a a kid or or something, that's a beautiful way and it's a beautiful case example is because it's really difficult to see through this as a child because, you know, you cannot see the end of it. We can't as adults. So... I think holy basil is a, a fantastic phytomedicine for that teenage group. And I haven't tried it in anyone younger, but I'm, I can't see why it wouldn't be for those sort of really flat little kids. 
that need a bit of light, that need hope. Um, Holy Basil, Holy Basil says it all, right, <laughs> is is right there. And, you know, even something like you could pair that with St John's Wort for those people that, you know, again, might be a little bit older, obviously check interactions if that's needed, like you would with every plant. But that's about letting light in and, and letting hope in as well. It's not just about depression, anxiety. It's about joy. You know, this is what we're trying to use with our herbal medicines and they're magical like that. Yeah, that's a really great pairing that you mm. mentioned, and I think that both holly basil and St John's wort really fit that picture of that that uh, sort of, I guess, sad, worried, um, you know, held down in life. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It really opens up the path yeah. and shows you that there's something ahead that that's yeah. good. And you're in there, and you'd be laughing. <laughs> well, another herb that I actually uh, is is quite, it's actually a medicinal mushroom and it's new to our range and I'm so excited to start using it with my patients because I've just started taking it myself and I am loving it. It is a perfect herb for me. It's Wolfaporia, so Poria coccus. And this is, I mean, traditional Chinese medicine practitioners will recognize this herb. Um, it's sort of known to invigorate spleen function. And in Chinese medicine, that's about digestion and metabolism as well as the immune system but it also calms the mind and when I was reading about the uses for for wolfaporia I was just like oh this is beautiful it's perfect for this time that we're in it's really a heart tonic so it, it is a nervine and it's it's thought to mitigate anxiety, but it's also been described as relieving heart pangs so literally um you know, calming the mind and the nerves, but quieting the heart when the heart just feels like it's, you know, it's it's either going to jump out of your chest because you're so worried, but also where you don't have a lot of energy and a lot of hope. And, you know, it's it's indicated for all the conditions, you know, ins insomnia, anxiety, um, you know, headaches and forgetfulness. So it does sort of increase cognition in that sense of calming the mind. But it's really ideal for sort of weak or frail, nervous children. And actually in, in China, it's one of the most widely used children's tonics. So along with licorice, it's just really commonly used for kids and it's beautiful. And I'm really loving taking it at the moment. I feel like it, it really has uh, not uh, quieted in a dampening sense, but really calmed my spirit calmed my energy um, and allowed me to sort of respond in a balanced way to a lot of stress. <laughs> I mean, we all love the medicinal mushrooms and that, that's a new one to our range. So how fantastic. Thanks for sharing that because, you know, we're, we're learning about these medicinal mushrooms and if we can impose that in our children and, and give them some medicinal mushrooms, particularly through this kind of chronic situation i think that's awesome that's a, that's a really beautiful herb to use and look there's your mix you know wolfaporia <laughs> a holy basil bit of st john's bit of licorice done i might start making that myself and take it myself that sounds beautiful yeah and i i do think that with these herbs julianne you mentioned earlier about flower essences and using essences and, and energy medicine along with our herbs and our herbs do have an energetic profile as well but a, a huge clinical tip and a way that both you and I work, Julianne, with our younger patients especially, is by using our flower essences to balance out emotional states and particularly including them in our herbal mixes if we're not giving them separately. And they do work in that way. And it's just, I, I don't think a child hardly ever goes out the door. I say out the door, but it's all online now without <laughs> a flower essence um, component to their treatment plan because the results really do um they, they really blow you away they're they're next level they're often instantaneous and we know with herbal medicines the results are quite quick anyway because you know once they're absorbed and into the bloodstream we do get this calming effect you know with kids often you know maybe it's about 20 minutes something like that but 
one uh, fantastic example of where we used a combination of all the things we've been talking about. So we used a combination of hydroethanolic extracts, of glycytrax mixed in, and flower essences together was in a mix for our wonderful colleague Vicky's beautiful youngest child. And because Vicky is always working super hard behind the scenes, she actually records these podcasts for us and manages our socials amongst many, many other roles. We are lucky enough to have Vicky with us at the moment. And Vicky, if you've got a little bit of time, we would love it if you would sort of give your account on the impact that this herbal mix had in your house. Hi, guys. Um, thanks for having me on here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for joining us. Oh, of course. This is such a dear topic. Uh, very important to me. Thank you so much for the opportunity. This is a very interesting topic and very dear to my heart because it impacted our family in a way we didn't expect, uh, to be honest. And the reason why I say this is because in our family, we have the knowledge about good nutrition, about getting outside and getting the sunlight, about keeping connections with friends, about hugging our kids and loving them and telling them when they're wonderful, but also bringing to their attention when they could do better. You know, it's not a false sort of, you're so wonderful. No, it's, it's not always like that. Uh, we're a realistic family. But what happened was, and, and to be honest, my children were not greatly impacted by COVID, right? So it's not like they heard us talk about lockdown, which is a term that I really do, do not like because it's, it's a negative word, uh, but for my family, it's actually been really positive because we're all together. We get to have hot lunches, you know, sit around the table and have lunch, dinner. It's, it's a lovely time, actually. I don't mind it so much. Tiring as it may be, I actually enjoy the time. But what sparked it for our family was NAPLAN was coming. And I didn't, I didn't think, because my eldest child did NAPLAN, and, you know, we didn't really talk about it that much. But I think this year in the schools, and she's in grade three, they talked about it quite a bit, but not in a negative way. But there's quite a bit of competition these days with children and the way parents push their kids so much to, to be all these amazing things from such a young age. Whereas in our house, it's like, you're a kid, enjoy this time as being a kid because it's going to be over. So for our house, it's all about you know, just be a kid, enjoy this time because it's going to end and you'll have to get a job and you'll have to pay tax and then the rigmarole sort of sets in, right, that daily routine. And I'll never forget, Mia came home and I didn't, I didn't put the, the pieces together. She came home from school. It was earlier this year and she just sort of sat in the corner very quiet, which is unusual for our child because she's a bubble. She's a little bottle of essence. this kid. And she was really quiet and didn't say anything. And then, you know, around dinner time, she said, oh, so we've got napline next week. I went, oh, that's right, you do too. She said, yeah, I don't know about this. And I could have tackled it one of two ways. I could have said, well, too bad. That's the way it is. You're going to have to do it. And I thought, this is not her personality. This won't work for her. So I said, look, if you don't want to do it, just rock up to class, write on your sheet, your name. I don't want to do this. Close the book, hand it in. It's not the end of the world. You're eight. Uh, because to, to me, a napline result doesn't really mean much. Then she, she started to feel ill on the Monday. And I said, oh, and I still hadn't put the pieces together that there was a bit of anxiety going with this. And I said, oh, you're not feeling good, darling. And she actually was ill. So she had been ill and she had a temperature. And I thought, this is, this is weird. You, haven't, you know, we're all feeling fine. No one at school is sick. This is unusual kept her home and she was kind of like bunched up in a ball so remember um Kristen you were talking about kids that sort of have that tension in their body it was it was that so she'd wake up go in the corner of the room and bunch up in a ball and I'm like what is this came to Napland day so she went to school not really prepared to go to school I said darling like I said just write your name on the sheet hand it in it doesn't matter so she did and I picked her up from school and I said, I actually didn't want to talk about napline. I said, how was your day? Oh, yeah, it was good. I did the napline. I didn't want to, but I did it. I wrote my name. I had a cry. I started to feel really scared. I couldn't breathe. And my teacher came and sat with me and helped me go through some of the questions. And I'm like, and how'd you go? She goes, it wasn't as bad as I thought. I said, so tomorrow, what do you want to do? She said, I'm going to give it another shot tomorrow because, you know, they have napline for three days in a row. And she did that. 
And, you know, by the end of this week, she was, she was good. She, she did all the NAPLINE. And I, this is an interesting story because today, guess what I picked up? NAPLINE results today. <laughs> Another story. Actually, she did really well. I was so proud of her. And she was proud of herself. And, you know, it was a learning experience for her to understand, you know, you have all that, that anxiety behind something and then you do it and then you realise, oh, I can actually, I can do better. So she knows for the next time she, will, she won't have that severe emotion behind it. So anyway, we cut back now to a few months later and, you know, I, I believe that that was finished. Whatever that period was had ended. But then she came home from school and was talking about how other kids knew really high-end maths, okay? Like when you're eight, what do you need to know? Great deal. Not a great deal. Not a great deal. <laughs> you just have a, you have a, you don't need to know percentages. You don't, you don't need to know any of that stuff. She started talking about how kids knew all this and she didn't. And then that night we had a severe attack and this was the inability to breathe. And I, I was distraught. I, I cannot tell you how sad I felt that I could not do anything for her to help her calm down. This was like and a big Absolutely. Yeah. An absolute Like I, I've never had one, so I don't know what it is, and I hope I never have one. But when I saw it, I was like, wow, this is severe. And it was linked back to these kids that were high achievers she didn't want to go to school the next day and I kept her home and she was bunched up in that ball again. And I remember that night, Kristen, I texted you. I was so desperate. I said, I'm so sorry it's late. I've got this issue. Can you please help me? Because I don't think there's, you know, I don't want to put her on anything severe. I just want to have something that will help her deal with this because this is a learning experience. She will probably experience this later on in life. I want her to know how to handle it. And you guys were fabulous because you put together this amazing formula she calls it her herbies I need my herbies <laughs> and there are days where she says I don't need herbies today wow. I'm good mm. but she knew for the first six weeks she needed it and she took it every day and I just want to say those glister tracks if it wasn't for them it would be very hard for her to take but that smell of the lavender, she said, I'm in a florist, and she'd close her eyes and she'd take her drink. And you're right, that olfactory sensation, right, it just completely calmed her down. And she even said, I've got, I've got florist breath, and she'd come to each of us and breathe. <laughs> mind-blowing. And you did put some um, flower essences in there. It, it's mind-blowing. The transformation Mm. phenomenal mm. I cannot and, thank you enough and her mix uh, was equal parts chamomile lemon balm lavender passion flower and vervain so all herbs we've we've spoken about and you know the passion flower really was in there for that that tension that you described that you know that real tension held in the body and your daughter is a beautiful ball of light and <laughs> I loved how you described her as effervescent. And yeah. I think, you know, for us knowing her and knowing you and being able to, and knowing that you really do implement all of these um, behavioural and lifestyle and all these other strategies to keep, you know, all of the basic pillars of health there and supports there, that sometimes you do just need to come in and just give those, that, that brain chemistry support that positive mood sort of enhancement, that calming and those essences to balance that out. And, um, you know, it was a lot of fun in the office with Julianne and I picking out things. <laughs> yeah, and, like, um, I mean, as you know, I'm a big advocate for, for flower essences um, and use them a, a lot in my adult population as well as the kids. But I think why I love them so much is because they can help the herbs work even quicker than what they do work, but they can really tackle some of those specific fears or worries that are going on in that moment and pairing them with the herbs. It's like it just gives them this energetic power more so than what the herbs already have. And, you know, with Vic, that was, um, you know, things we could work on around confidence and a whole bunch of other things that were specific to me at the time. So, and I must admit that's been really helpful with the mixes I've done for other little kids in particular around those 
specific fears or worries or what's happened previously. And I think even though this issue that you guys had wasn't directly related to COVID, it, it brings this societal separation and then the kids only have their mind to kind of think about that versus a, a reality of dealing with it on a daily basis. So I think that that distance from your peers over time, even though when they go back to school, that does have an impact. And so we might see these little fears or these issues around self-confidence coming forward. And I think essences can be matched beautifully to those emotional states. Well put. And my daughter has said, you know, when school does go back, I'd like to have a strategy in case I still feel like this if, if something happens at school. And I said, well, you're not going to believe this, but I can make this into a little lozenge for you if you want. And so we had a look at Vito's webinar <laughs> and thought, oh, can, oh, this is easy. I could do this. And so this will just put it in her lunchbox. And when she feels that, I think just that that smell and that that in her mind, you know, I'm taking something that's going to help me, will just calm her right down. And, you know, I don't want to see this as something that she does for the rest of her life, but it helps her give those strategies to deal with it later on. And it sets her up to think about, you know, that that looking after herself, that those strategies in place so that she can move forward. And if we think about ourselves as adults, it's hard enough with all the restrictions and the and the lockdowns in air quotations. When you do get to reconnect with people that you haven't seen in a while, social interactions are more difficult. It's more difficult to speak to people. You don't have that constant buffering of your society to sort of keep you uh, just mentally sort of sharp and and healthy and feeling good. And so it it becomes more difficult and, and we're adults with fully formed brains. So for our little kids that have this increased brain plasticity this you know high level of of responsiveness to hormones like stress hormones and and all this other stuff that they're dealing with it would be so much more difficult so i just think what a what a strong little independent child you have that's just doing so well you know she's really like come into herself and gone yes i will you know i know that these herbs are good for me and i'm going to use them to bolster myself and to move through this really difficult situation. So thank you, girls. You've changed our lives. Well, thank you for sharing the case because that's a personal case and we really appreciate it. Thanks, Vic, because we know how difficult it was in in that moment, in that time. And the other tip is using flower essences in the water, drinking throughout the day too. I mean, I know it's not a herbal thing, but you can also, you can probably put herbs in water too. Um, But, yeah, doing that is is a great idea for kids when they're in that acute kind of unsettledness. But, you know, there is so much that we can do as naturopaths and herbalists and it's really empowering. I know it's helping me. Through, the, through these hard times of, of what we're in in the pandemic, knowing that I have tools to help not only my family and friends, but patients, obviously, and extended people that we do know within our community. And so I'm really, really grateful for that, for that skill set. Um, and I will just put it out there that I think as adults, we are sometimes um, switched off to the sensitivities of voices and noises and visuals around us. So sometimes I think if we can tap into what other noises or what other words or languages that kids are being exposed to on a daily basis, perhaps there's more we can do there, like not watching the news or not lying, leaving newspapers lying around or be cautious with the adult conversations around children. And I know we're all very aware of this, but I also know the impact of stopping this, how beneficial that has been for kids to kind of not live in that adult world. They just live in that kid's world where ABC Kids is kind of <laughs> is always on the TV or something along the lines of that. Um, but that's just a little thought that I'd like to share with everybody. Kristen and Vicky, thank you for this um, having this discussion today. It's, you know, it's dear to our hearts. And I think we are in an empowered state to be able to help our, our youngest through this next however long you know, as well as keeping their immune systems healthy too. So thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back on the airways. Can I say that? On the airways very soon. Thank you. Bye.